What's up, everybody? And welcome back to the To, to the, the Wheels Fall Off podcast. podcast. I am your host, Candace, also known as Spice from Spice Life TV. And this is my beautiful husband and co-host, Creed. Hey, baby. Hey. What's up, world? I'm Creed. And it's the podcast where we discuss relationships and reintegration, particularly as it pertains to incarcerated individuals and their families. And why is that, babe? Because I did 23 years in prison for a crime I didn't commit. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, this lady was riding with me the whole way. And during that time, we fought for justice and we fought for love and we fought for the opportunity to reintegrate in a successful way. And we're doing it. We did. We did that every day. And we're going to do that until the wheels fall off and we want y'all to come with us. That's right. So let's go. Let's get it. All right, babe. So you ready to get into this episode? Let's get into it, baby. We're going to start off with what uh, we start off a lot of times, which is our highlights and heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. So I typically start that off. Why don't you start it off this week? You have a <laughs> highlight or do you have a heartbreak? You know... People would view it, it was a heartbreak. And okay. people would view it as probably like not a big deal, which to me was a big deal. You know, I had a, uh, I had an incident at, at work this week, you know, and I felt like it was, um, it was something that, um, it was some, some, something somebody did that I didn't like, I didn't particularly like. And, um, I didn't handle it the way I would have handled it in the past, but I felt like it. Mm. And so the heartbreaking thing was number one is, old monsters revisiting me um you know mm-hmm. appear and stuff mm-hmm. and then secondly is that um i felt i felt for a long time for a few days there was no recourse like i couldn't do anything mm-hmm. because um i'm used to handling things a certain way and i refused to do that so the heartbreaking thing was like having that feeling and having to eat that feeling while at work and being around people and all that and it was almost like uh you know we we've talked before how since I've been home, sometimes I feel displaced. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, that was like a crowning moment of that displacement. It was like, like you out here by yourself. Because you felt like that because everything in you wanted to do something that you normally would do in like your old life. Yes. And now you're trying to live in this new life where you don't handle things like that. Well, you don't handle things like that. And for two reasons. Number one, I don't want to be that person no more. So that's Mm -hmm. the that's the first thing. And then number two, of course, I want to do anything to put myself in a position to ever go back. You know what I'm saying? So um, just having to live with that, eat that, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was no choice but to eat that because we're not Mm -hmm. doing we're not doing the old the old life stuff. Right. So eating that was just kind of like it was heartbreaking. It really was. It was like, "Mm, man, I don't know if I can live with this for another 10 minutes, let alone the rest of the day. Or the rest, you know. I'm sorry, babe. I know. I, I saw that really play on you this week. Yeah. But I will say I'm so proud of how you handled it. Oh, I appreciate it. I know it ate at your guts. It did. It still does. Mm-hmm. It still does. So that was the heartbreaking thing. And like I said, um, when old monsters come and visit you and stuff like that, you start to remember certain uh, similar instances in my past. Mm-hmm. And so stuff I haven't thought about in a long time that I, that I, that I did to people <laughs> you know what I'm saying and handling my business the way I used to handle it so mm-hmm. I was like damn so I had to sit with that a little bit mm-hmm. you know and yeah I mean it's 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 my past so I had to do that but mm-hmm. it doesn't always rear its ugly head like it did this week but we good though we here yeah. and we here to the wheels fall off so I'm proud of you fuck them mm-hmm. um, and like you like we we both have seen in our life Every time someone has crossed us, what happens? Mm, they get it, and we I don't mean, have they, to handle it. They get it, get it. We, we don't, don't have, have to do nothing. Now God's got our back. It's a waiting game, and we just have to wait it out. But and they always get what they got. Hundred <laughs> percent. So I just let it be. Like you, know, this is all, we got this to look forward to for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that's good damn babe my hands ashy. oh my god I was gonna say that while you were talking I was like let me look not. at my joints you got some use ring okay you ain't gonna just be waiting to use my good use ring on this Ooh. okay alright that's what they think that's what the bottle thinks about y'all waiting to get no, on no that's camera, what the bottle babe. was thinking about you talking that shit just now <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking, I was like, "There's some ashy hands," but let me let him t- let me let, let me live. He was letting me live. <laughs> I ain't even got taking a shower as an excuse this you time. Know, I'm fresh just, from work, though. Dirty. I'm fresh from making Not that true. that money. He was making that money. <laughs> yeah. So, but thank you, baby. <laughs> okay. All right, let's get cracking. You don't what have a heartbreak you? or a highlight? I mean. I mean, highlight is mostly that we made it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Is yeah. with the way the week has been. The like, week's been heavy, ain't like, it, but not in a bad like. Nothing to complain about. Just mm. a lot. Yeah, just a lot. <laughs> just a lot. All the time. All the time, yeah. And it almost feels like you're dealing with life. 
as with anybody, I'm not saying anybody's anybody's life any different, but it just for me personally, it felt like you're dealing with life and then when you get a moment to sit down, you fall asleep and wake up and do it all over again. Like there's no, there was no chill, right? You know, That's and so true. and it's like, damn. And sometimes that can make shit daunting, mm-hmm. you know. But like I say, we here, we here. We know worse for the wear. Well, I have a highlight. Tell me about it. It's actually about a week old, but it's still something I keep thinking about because it was so much fun, and I had just, I just enjoyed how I felt during the whole thing. So about a week ago, almost two weeks, um, Pookie invited me to go with him on a day trip. He had a, one of his jobs that had to go down to Oregon and it was a couple hours away. He invited me to go ride down with him. And so I love a good day trip. Like that is my, <laughs> I just love a good day trip, especially when I don't have to drive and I could just look out the window and feel the breeze and just, I'm like a dog hanging its head out the window. Mm-hmm. And I knew he had a lot of work to do and I had brought stuff so that I could work too while I was in the car. And we still had a very productive work day, but we were just together doing it. Yeah. And I had so much fun. I had no idea you was going to like it that much. I had so much fun. I have been asking him, like, when he's going out of town, I'm like, can I go? And he's like, well, not this one. Or whatever the reason. I can't go all the time. And there's been a couple times that I've gone. But mm. this, this was just kind of... He told me like a day or two before and he followed through with it. It was like, yeah, let's go. We're leaving at 4.30 in the morning. So it's dark outside. It was like we was really going on a little trip. I don't know. It was one of those those things, those moments where I could look at it and be like, this is an answered prayer. Mm-hmm. This is something that no one is pray specifically for that thing, mm-hmm. but just the opportunity to have like moments of just us whisking a while off together mm-hmm. and forgetting about the world for a little bit, still taking care of our business, hustling, grinding, doing all those things together. Mm-hmm. And we got to do all that in the same day. It was just fun. Listen, I knew you was chilling, but I knew you was relaxed when I was rolling. So, you know me, I come from one of one of the sites that we stopped at. Mm-hmm. Boom, I get back in the truck and you know me, I just, boom, started up and I'm pushing. And I, it's not till I got to the freeway and I looked over and you had your feet up on my dash and I was just <laughs> like, oh, she's really, she's really relaxed. You know I what I'm saying? I was working, I had um, some stuff on my phone I was working and doing and I had my little um, iPad. I just was in, in my zone working like I would normally work, but in the car with him on the go. It was like, ooh, we out here. <laughs> you crazy. I really, like, that's the life I really want to live where mm. we're just on the go, but like, actually that's what's making us the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's so much fun. I'm glad you had fun. Like I said, I didn't have, I didn't have any idea you was going to like oh, it, I had it a that blast. much. I love, well, I just, I love spending time with you. You know that. Mm-hmm. But like anytime we get to do something that's out of the normal or out of just our normal that we never got to do, it's always just like a. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm always so excited about it. Yeah. So. For sure. Take me anywhere. It don't take much to make me excited. But when I get there, I'm there. You were excited. <laughs> I'm with that. <laughs> Okay, so you had a you had a highlight, an individual highlight. Mm-hmm. I had an individual heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the couple highlight. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So this week I was able to take my baby to a baseball game. <gasps> a major league it was baseball so game. So much fun. And my Dodgers, my boys came to town to so whoop some ass. Yeah, they did. Right? And so uh <laughs> Yeah, I got to see my, I got to see him. That's my first major league game since I was like five years old mm-hmm. and I don't even really remember it. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the game and I'm experiencing it, right? I got the garlic fries, oh, the, garlic the fries. crispy garlic fry. I ate way too much, but <laughs> two sausage links, yeah, peppers, but two couple beers, two big juicy wet sausage legs. Them joints was big. He pulled them out the, the beer batter or whatever and put it right on the bun. He gave one of them for us for free. Yeah, he did. And I think it was just because we were a black couple. I honestly think You didn't see. So we, we saw one. We saw one the whole, the whole time we was there. And so, um, yeah, I ate way too much and baby was there and she was enjoying it and I got to sit there and explain baseball to my lady a little bit so that was dope yeah. and then the atmosphere itself was cool because we were sitting in the section even though the Dodgers was the the away the, the away team the section we was in was all Dodger it fans was. so we was just cracking <laughs> everybody was cheering at the same thing and then remember when the uh, when the players came out and the guy threw the ball up yep. in the stands yep. and you seen it coming and I you should, like, ah! you didn't even try to get the ball no, it was coming right at us and I was like <laughs> <laughs> and if I'd have reached for it, I'd have spilled somebody's drink. So I just let it go. But it was a dope experience. It was so dope. It came right in our section. The guy right behind us and a couple, like two people over caught the ball. Yeah. 
We just had a good time. And you know me, babe. You know I don't like crowds, right? Yeah. So the whole time, even though you know I'm excited if I still decide to go into a crowd like mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as bad as as thought no, it was. No, that stadium does a good job at like you're there's a ton of people there, but you don't ever feel like you're like duck. Yeah. Or yeah. like yeah, sandwiched yeah. in. 100%. I like that one. Like, and then, then the atmosphere was, you seen there was a gang of people there who wasn't even watching the game. They were yeah. just walking around yeah. and oh, eating and at the vendors. Oh, and there was fights. There was oh, a couple yeah. fights down in a little bar standing area. These girls. It was going down. <laughs> these girls were trying to fight and the one one girl had like three dudes holding her back because she was just like, Wah! and then she got loose and got around the guy and started to like do the big walk but she was waiting for them to tackle her again and they did it and then she got loose and saw, realized nobody was coming and then she just turned around yeah, and yeah, walked yeah. back yeah she was like, like yeah girl, yeah she did not want that smoke Suckerville <laughs> that was she was a sucker I remember that too <laughs> that was funny but we enjoyed ourselves immensely and by the time we got home I was sick of all the food I ate all he that was. ballpark food but I, I probably would do it again the same way babe I have this is what I'll say. And I, I don't want to say this like a lot of people don't feel this way, I'm sure. And I hope that they do. But I really enjoy my husband. I enjoy my wife. I enjoy you. Like, I have a good time with you all the time. There's always something new. There's something exciting. Even if we don't understand it or like we were the parking thing. At first, that was kind of a dilemma because we we're like, oh, God, it's going to be nuts. Should we take the train up there? Should we Uber? All of those things. And no matter what we decided, it was like we're experiencing this together. And mm-hmm. then we decide from there on, how do we how do we handle when we go mm-hmm. to the games? Like it's our first time figuring out what our our you know routines are going to be. Yeah. I just I love making those like just those little things with you because it's like this is my partner and we are learning what we're going to do for the rest of our lives together. Yeah, this is just sure. one of those things that we're getting to do with each other. We're figuring out what we enjoy. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's, it, in the world, I'm going to tell y'all right now, like some people may be sitting around and be like, y'all went to a game, so what? Like, please understand the normal stuff is the stuff that highlight, is highlighting for us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why we share it with you because sometimes the normal stuff people take for granted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you hear somebody who's not experienced that as a couple and then they're experiencing for the first time and we damn near 30 years into this relationship mm-hmm. it's 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 enlightening yeah you know so that was a dope that was a high a couple highlight for mm-hmm. me i like that that was dope i do it again i would too <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into the next uh segment of the show and we are going <clears throat> to do our ice grills this week, the ice girls question is specific to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've had one specific to me yet. I don't think so either. No, you haven't. But I've gotten this question a lot in my personal life. So I thought, okay, let's go ahead and attack it. So the question is Spice. How did you do the time? How'd you stay with him? How'd you stick through? How did you do this time with that man? Mm. How did you? Well, I will say this. This is what I always, if I ever get the chance to answer this question this is what i always say the first thing is i knew that this man was innocent for the crime that he was being charged of and because of that and our relationship that we had he was my friend Mm -hmm. so i'm going to support my friend it just was it started off with just me supporting and having my friends back Mm -hmm. and then when the conviction came There was never a time after they said we sentenced him to 26 years that I said, oh, he's going to serve 26 years. Mm -hmm. I don't think either one of us ever thought that one time. Mm -hmm. What started was we knew that after they said the conviction that we had to start appealing. And Mm -hmm. that was the fight process. Mm -hmm. So long story short, the reason I was really honestly able to do that time, especially in the beginning, is because it was supposed to be short term. And I wasn't doing 26 years. I was fighting the appeal that was going to bring him home because I knew he was innocent. So my plan was, or my thought the whole time was like, okay, they say that this is the, uh, when you get the conviction, we find out that you file appeal. It takes about a year, maybe sometimes two to get that information back. If was it that long the first time? I'm not sure. Yeah, it was was like a year for the first one. And you, you know that that's how long you have to wait for that. So that's what we hunkered down for was that year to two years. When that first year to two years came and they denied that, we knew we had to fight the next appeal, which was going to be maybe two to three years. Mm -hmm. So it was just me focusing in for those those small segments of time that we were having to work towards. So it was like, here is the goal. Here is the problem. 
let's work at it and fight at it. And that's all we put our energy to. I wasn't looking at the long picture, the big mm-hmm. picture, because that was so daunting and so unimaginable. I just never still don't even know that 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 the fact that we did all that time, I would have lost every penny I ever earned in my, my life because mm-hmm. I never thought we would do it. Yeah. But I was never signing up for 26. I was signing up to win the the next appeal that was bringing you home. Right, right. Um, there were periods of time, though, where we had long periods where there was not an appeal to fight or we were just waiting, 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 waiting. And you just kind of have to decide, like, OK, we're going to just keep rolling with this until the next thing we can fight happens. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't I didn't get down to that until probably I would think like year eight or nine, because those first few years we had pretty good action. Mm-hmm. We were always working on something. Right. And then it wasn't until maybe there was a, you know, a, a time where it just you were you were either time barred on everything or there was no new issues no new laws passed and at that point it's not a question of just like oh this is too hard let me just leave because my heart's attached i love him i believe in him i believe in what we're building together and you're at your worst i can't just walk away because it's inconvenient for me mm-hmm. it was inconvenient it was completely incredibly hard but there was a loyalty there and there was a like no but he's my guy like Mm -hmm. i can't leave him down here in the war like we we end this war now together and at one point at some point it just became like no we're we're in here i'm doing this with you and people even make comments because i'd be like yeah we're in year 12 we've done we've done 15 years of this 20 something year and I'm saying we cause yeah, yeah I'm in that shit too yeah, I've done 100%. every single day of that too so I think there was a time where I had to click the decision to say like this is what I'm gonna do and ride this out but that was not until many 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 years in it was always it started off with me just fighting with you to win the appeal I mean it doesn't matter if you were just waiting for the next pill or not it's still amazing an amazing amazing feat that you did well thank you, know? you. and yes so. I agree yeah, I mean, you should. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that answers that. If I didn't get you the the part you were looking for, leave it in the comments because you know I don't mind answering a question, mm-hmm. especially a follow up question. So just let us know. Do you like a follow up question? I do. I don't really do. <sighs> <laughs> All, All right, right, let's let's get into the episode. Let's do it. So this episode, the topic we've kind of been um. It wasn't like we're avoiding the topic. It's come up a few times. I just think we were trying to figure out exactly how we wanted to address the topic. Um, A lot of people have asked us, how was your family support through the whole time? Especially specifically to him. Like, where was his family at then? Where are they at now? But I've gotten a lot of that. Like, Candace, how was your family support? Or Spice, what was your family's thoughts when you started doing this with him? And were they, you know, supportive? Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's do it. You want me to start? <laughs> do you want to start? I, no, I want you to start. Always ladies first for me. Okay, so if I'm just going to answer the question, was my family supportive of our relationship? Um, I would probably just as a, uh, a a general across the board, I'd have to say no. They were not supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I had pockets of support. I had pockets of people who would pop in a few times. I think um, some of my cousins, they came like four or five times. I had a grandma that came to visit. My brother came once. But as far as my family, oh, my dad. My dad came a few times too. But, um, and it was very, everybody who came, it was a very small amount of times for the amount of time he was in there. Mm. But I get it too. It's prison. Nobody's like, nobody's excited to go to prison. But just as far as support for me, as someone who's supporting someone in prison, I would say I don't feel like my family supported me at all through this whole thing. Um, I would agree. I don't think that was what I got. Mm. Um, I have to say, too. So only some of my family knew about you for a long time. And that was my family on my mom's side. They're the ones that knew. My mom was the the one that was supportive of our relationship. And they had an issue with that. Um, they had an issue of that when she was alive and when she passed away, but they didn't say a lot when she was alive because, you know, my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was when you di- when she passed away and it was just me and you kind of doing our thing. It was a lot of probably just out of concern and not understanding and wanting to be like, you know, you're so young. You should be exploring and seeing other things. And they just didn't respect the fact that I had made my decision or I was standing on this decision. 
which was always so interesting to me because I made my decision and I decided I was going to stick with you and that was what we're going to do. And not one time did they embrace that. Yet, you know, everybody else had boyfriends and girlfriends and people coming and going all these years and people getting, they're getting Christmas cards. They're getting invited to uh, holidays as the person's partner and, mm-hmm. and being included. And well, it was years before anybody even acknowledged that we were a couple. Mm-hmm. E- anybody even said like, oh, you and Creed or mm-hmm. put us, put our names on a card together. That's crazy. Like nobody acknowledged our relationship forever. But on the flip side, on my my dad's side, I didn't tell a lot of them because they just were not supportive people, period. Mm-hmm. And they were not. They're very judgmental. Mm-hmm. My grandparents on my um, dad's side were uh, um, <laughs> they just were very judgmental. And I did not want to have the hassle of having that conversation every single time that I talked about anything in my life. So not a lot of them knew about you, uh, knew about you for a long time. And even the ones that did, it was so taboo, I guess. They never asked or inquired. My family's just not like that. Yeah. They're, they will see something and let it be seen and nobody say a thing again. Or if they don't understand it, they're not asking to understand it. They're just, they'll pretend like it's not even something that's happening. Mm-hmm. Or they'll seem to... Um, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not healthy, even if it's not good, but because it looks like everything else people accept is normal, mm-hmm. they stand behind and support that and mm-hmm. rally and do all the things you would do as a family. But here I am over here just by myself on an island all this time. And it really, for years, like I became isolated from them. Mm-hmm. I isolated myself <laughs> from them. Um, it broke my heart so many times mm-hmm. because I just felt like I wasn't enough or worthy for their attention or their just anything. Um, a lot of therapy, a lot of self-esteem work, a lot of self-worth work mm-hmm. um, to just learn my own self-value because I didn't get that from my family. They mm-hmm. they did not instill that in me. And I think it was specifically because of you. But just as support for me being Candace and learning her way, no, yeah, I don't think I got that. I hate that you went through that by yourself. And I don't, I don't. I'm at the point now where it's not that I'm, I'm not upset anymore. Like I'm mad or hurt. Well, there's still some hurt there, but there's not. It's not anger anymore. It's I know what I know that it's hurt because it's like why didn't why wasn't I ever good enough? Mm-hmm. Why was I not worthy enough? Why was it you would spend all the time and energy with this or uh, this situation? Um, but I'm not worthy. And that's that was the start of them showing me that I wasn't worthy. And and it just continued for years and ex- escalated to a point where it was clear that I was not a value to my family. Mm-hmm. And that changed a lot of my thoughts, my ideas, how I just focus my life or how I just operate. Because, yeah, it was very... um me just being out here very lonely existence huh mm-hmm. especially when you you have family that's real close as far in proximity to you like it's not like proximity and like the appearance of us is really close mm-hmm. and here's what i'll say i have the kind of family that so i don't want to trash them and say they're not supportive across the board mm-hmm. if i was hungry i never had to be hungry mm-hmm. i knew where i could go to get food if i needed a place to stay i knew i could go to get some place to stay so my main needs i knew that they would help me with those mm-hmm. it was the heart stuff it was the soul stuff it was the real life stuff it was the stuff that i needed guidance through mm-hmm. that they just kind of left me hanging and um, like I said, I'm not mad anymore because I realized that they probably, they did, I'm sure did the best that they could. I don't think there was any maliciousness. I think there was maybe some ignorance and just a lack of understanding or just know how. Um, and some disregard. And just a lot of disregard. Yeah. Not some. There was a lot of disregard. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that hurt me so bad was because it was like, why am I so discardable? And even... Even now, sometimes I still just feel like the attention that that we got and the love and the support that we got, I feel like it came because it it would have made them look away if it hadn't come. Mm -hmm. Because my life is now in loud and living color. But 
it was hard to accept it at first because it's like, I've been here this whole time, like needing help, needing support, needing people to just acknowledge my existence. And now because there's like these shiny, it's got this this glitz and glam and sparkles around it. Now everybody wants to act like they're so, oh, we're so happy for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then what happened? Everybody's happy and where they go? (laughs) Disappeared. It's like cockroaches. The light came on and they gone again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not surprised, but it's just, that's just always what I've gotten. Mm -hmm. I think that's just where their cap is. I got you if you're hungry. I got you if you need your your uh, someplace to stay. But as far as that old all that life stuff you got to work through, yeah, you figure that one out. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> you go ahead and figure that out on your own because we ain't got no we ain't got stuff for you on that one. Yeah, um, it's it's you know it's typical. I think typical black family. If you're the one that's the problem, you're the one that's easily just being like, let's just ignore that one. Let's push mm-hmm. that one to the side. And I feel like I've always been the problem yeah, yeah but i'll say put them air quotes you're I, actually, i'm learning that they're not actually the problem that i'm not actually the problem yeah but i internalized that and i took that on and i made that a part of this character of me always being the problem or mm-hmm. me always being having to minimize what i need because the people around me could not give it to me or mm-hmm. just weren't willing to so i took that on and started making myself smaller and want less and need less because they would just be like no Mm-mm, mm-mm. And that was so much rejection for me and so hard that I I just was like, let me just be less seen with them or let me be less of this. But anytime to this day, anytime I say to my family, you made me feel this way or I don't like that you did this to me. I am the problem. It's never what I I'd say. It's never what's coming out of my mouth it's either how i said it or who i'm saying it to is the issue mm-hmm. and that's where it starts and stops well you understand that with with this particular situation you know you're the one who opens your mouth right and when you have a family dynamic where um that's not the culture yeah you're going to be viewed as the problem the mm-hmm. culture is um we see we hear but we don't speak on it mm-hmm. you know we see we hear we don't speak and we don't act on it mm-hmm. you know it's just it is what it is and so then you have this one person who's not with the culture who's not with that dynamic yeah you're going to be viewed as the problem but that's why everybody who's anybody who talks about self-esteem and all that type of stuff always lets you know that you have to know your worth because nobody else is going to you know, yeah. and that's the prime example why. Because if you didn't know your worth, mm-hmm. then you would take that on as you did when you were younger. Oh, I took it on for years. Yeah, you would take it on and then you will be wearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Wondering why nobody wants you around or nobody likes you or nobody respects your opinion or nobody cares what happens to you. You'd be wondering that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I love my family. I will always, if they need something and I can do it within my means, I will definitely do that. But I'm not going to extend myself to where it's no longer service to me. Yeah. Um, Because for so many years, I was trying to keep them in my circle and not realizing they didn't care if I was in theirs. I was trying to stay involved and make sure that I was a part and showing up and like trying to get to be to have my place and make sure they knew like, no, see, I show up. I'm here. I'm there. I'm da 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 da. And it wasn't until um, you know, what was it? This The episode of 2008, <laughs> the song of 2008. Yeah. And they really showed me who they were. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them did. Yeah. And from then on, um, we've, of course, have made that kind of amends to the, the much is amends as we can. Mm-hmm. But that was a complete change for me. Um, and it took years for me to get to that change. But it was, it helped me see like, Family is just that. That does not mean that they give any more F's about you than the next person, especially if it's what they need to do for you makes them makes their life a little difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as I was trying to show up for them and ride and die and show like, I got you, I'm going to do this for you. When it was time for that to happen for me, nobody was nobody showed up. It was crickets. And I literally was left alone for years. And everybody can pretend like that wasn't the case, but I was left alone. Mm-hmm. And it was literally, I picked that one. It's easier, I'm gonna pick that one over you. And from then on, that was one of the reasons why I was so okay and wanted to do a surprise wedding because I didn't wanna have to go through the tradition of including people and doing all these ceremonial things of people that didn't 
hold that spot for me mm-hmm. and didn't do those things for me when it was necessary. Yeah. So now on the day of, you just get to do that. It, it, it bothers me. It bothers me sometimes still, but it bothered me. It hurt me so bad for a long time. No, it did. For a long time because it just felt like you don't have to agree with my man being in prison, but Mm. why is why is that okay? But this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's easy. (laughs) It's easy. It's easy. You know, it's crazy is that basically you you would like for somebody to say, um, I don't care about you or I don't fuck with you. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's a case of saying one thing and doing another because what actually happened was they're saying I do care about you and then acting like they don't. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of, you know, that's, that's fucks with your mental. So the company line, or in this case, the family line is we stick together. We're, we're, we're this family, you know, we're the family and we stick together. We're always there for each other, this, that, and the third. That's the image we've always had amongst everybody we were around. It's this tight knit family. Right. So then you buy into it because you grew up in that. Mm -hmm. And then once you buy into it and you don't see that, it's like, damn, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck am I into and, right here? And it was the times that I didn't see it were the times it's like crisis, trauma. My mom died. 2008 happened. Mm-hmm. All these different things happened that are big deals. My dad, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to see this thing that we've been preaching or that everybody thinks that we are. Mm-hmm. And none of that's happening. None mm-hmm. of it. There's no rally behind me. It mm-hmm. feels like. You know, like like none of the none of the facade is what we really had when it came down to the meat and potatoes of it all. Mm -hmm. And so that was a culture shock for me and just an identity shock for me. Like I had to really figure out what my identity was because what I thought it was was in these people. And that wasn't accurate. And, you know, I don't know if I've shared too much, but you have shared that my mom passed away. When my mom passed away, my mom and dad were actually still married. They were high school sweethearts and were married to the day that she died. However, now that I've, of course, I'm older and looking back at their marriage, I don't think they were happily married for a long time, like years, if not, I don't know. Um, but when my, my mom passed away, my dad really just, he really just acted. A donkey. A donkey. <laughs> After the damn he, didn't, he didn't act like we were his priority at all. When my mom died, everything connected to her, including her kids, he discarded. Literally just kind of threw us away. And it was kind of a... Um, he threw us away. We were holding on, especially me. Mm-hmm. So he's walking away and I'm just like holding on like, wait, 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 don't go, don't go. Which is very telling about yes. what you just said about not thinking they were really happy. Because if he was like... You know, into your yeah. mom like he should have been. He would have held on to the one thing that she was a part of. Still. No, my dad literally. This is what he said. She died, and probably three days after her funeral, we took he took us to the ocean, me and my brother and sister. And he told us, I don't think my mom had been buried even a week. And he said that he had this. He had come to resolve with it, and that he was finished mourning her, and that from that mo- moment on, he was moving on. And so, you know. I don't really know what that means exactly, except I know my dad's gone through something traumatic and I'm the oldest. So I'm thinking like, he's just having a heart. <laughs> no, that nigga meant that. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'm done. He was serious. If you don't realize I'm done and y'all ain't done either, y'all gonna have to go too. And that's really basically what happened. It was a trickle down of me trying to hold on to him forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally just realizing like, he don't want you. Yeah. So that whole part was very traumatizing. And the whole time I'm trying to hold on to the other side of my family thinking like, but see, they're the ones that are holding me down mm-hmm. because I got this dude that's out loud being a donkey. Like everything he does is donkey. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. Yeah. But, you know, the other side I'm I'm leaning towards because I'm like, they're they're the same. They're the, the safe. They're what I know. But I'm leaning over there going into that that realizing like y'all over here talking all this mess about uh my dad who we know that's true mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and y'all running the streets talking about him like i heard all the stuff y'all say about my dad yet we got the same drama in the family which one of y'all's people and y'all don't say a thing mm-hmm. yet y'all talk so bad about mine what's the difference and why am i now taking trying to lean over here to y'all and because y'all are saying he's bad which i agree but you're not saying he's bad mm-hmm. 
Like, so then how am I supposed to trust who? Yeah, yeah. Where am I? Where do I fit here? Because y'all got the same crap and you're saying we're, we're loving and supporting and, ro- and holding this one up. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk all kind of bad about this one. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Like, yeah. what? Am, who, what is happening here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's crazy is that you was talking about when you were talking earlier about your family. You always had a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. You always had some food if mm-hmm. you needed it. If there was a crisis and people need to put their money together, they would have done it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that gives you this sense of security, mm-hmm. but you don't realize it's false until something actually worth fighting for happens and nobody fights for you. Because in those instances that you named, it feels like they're fighting. You don't have a place to stay. You yeah. come here, I'm fighting for you, girl. Mm-hmm. I got you. You was doing your thing and getting all your getting all your shit together. And and if, some, like I said, something happened, you know that they would let's make sure you was taken care of. Absolutely. But then when something real happened, Something that could affect your mental and how you felt about yourself and your self-esteem. Something that devastated family ties. Yes. It will never be the same. Exactly. Nobody was there. And they just let it. It was like, we're just going to let it roll. Let's Mm -hmm. just let it ride. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was so extremely devastating for me. Yeah. Um, So I think I had started to say about the thing with my mom passing away. So this is the other element to the, the whole thing that's always just been hard for me. As soon as my mom dies, okay, so I'm the oldest of their my parents' kids. There's three of us. I'm the oldest. And I'm the oldest on the my dad's side of the family. I'm the oldest grandchild. And then I'm the third oldest on my mom's side. Um, when my mom passed, my mom was very much like the matriarch of the family. She was she was just the one yeah. <laughs> that held everything together. People went to her. She was just like the holder of all the things. Even my grandma, who should be the matriarch, but everybody went to my mom. Mm -hmm. And not that they, I don't think that they started coming to me as like, they would go to her for the wisdom that she'd have, but the role that they had her in, they slid me into that role, whether I wanted to be in that role or not. But in every element of my family, I was slid into my mom's role. And they just expected from me what they expected from her. I was no longer the granddaughter. Makes sense. But at the same time, the respect wasn't there. I was still the granddaughter as the level of respect as far as like, you just do what we tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was my mom, none of that had would have happened like it went down. But with that pressure of them just like, not even pressure, just they assigned me. I got the same... This discardment. Discardment that she got. And I didn't even realize it until years later. And I remember her telling me that growing up, like about all of the different just ways she felt discarded and not valued. And as soon as she died, it was like, oh, this is what she was talking about. Mm -hmm. Because I, I got somehow slid right into that role. And that was even more like disheartening because it's like, hello, my mom's the one that died. Do we know that? Does anybody know that? Because it never felt like that. It never felt like it was my mom that died. It felt like Courtney's mom died and Nick's mom died. It felt like my grandma's daughter died. Right. I never felt like I got to feel like my mom died. And every time someone saw me, it was like, how's your sister? Where's your brother at? How are they? Nobody ever asked me how. I mean, to this day, very few ever ask, how are you doing with that? How did that? How was that for you? They have no idea because... It was, everybody was so focused on the baby, which I get. I totally understand that. But that that was the start of me seeing like, I am really just with people that I'm not with. Mm-hmm. I'm here, but I'm not getting anything from that. And I, I was so young that I didn't really know that's what was happening. And I didn't know how to like uh, address it or even just identify it. I just thought this is what had to happen. I thought this level of... Like toxicity was just normal and that we had to just go through with it. And it wasn't honestly until I started seeing you putting up boundaries and saying like, this is not making me feel good and I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that just because we share the last name. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be miserable just because you say you love me. That does not mean you get access to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm still working out exactly what that's going to look like. But I do feel good where I'm at now. I, I mean, you're only in when I want you in. And mm-hmm. I let you in where I, I let you in, you know, because I don't trust it. I don't trust that it's long term. I don't sure. trust that it's because you really just want to be there for me. I feel like sometimes it's always about like, no, but see, we got to go. 
maybe there is a little level of obligation. I don't think I'm the chosen mm-hmm. or the one that they're like, yeah, we're rocking with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They rock with me. If I need them, they'll show up. But yeah, when, it's, sure. when it's time to really do some to rock, yeah. are you going to be the ones that rock with me? Yeah. And that I can't say that say yes to. Yeah. That's a damn shame. You know, one of the things that drew me to your family, because I'm sure um, we'll, we'll talk about your family. For one, your parents, the way your parents were with each other, I was just enamored with that. Like, mm-hmm. your dad was so doting over her. Mm-hmm. I never saw my dad like that, ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. And I knew that the, I did not want that. For, I wanted my husband to want me in public. And I remember specifically noticing my dad was never like that with my mom. Um, but... Even just as you guys, as family members, I would see you and your brother and sisters playing around, hugging on each other, kissing on each other, just sitting on the couch, laid up, cozed up with each other. Like you and your little sister. Mm-hmm. I, me and my little sister never did that. We never, my family has just never been a very affectionate family. Mm-hmm. We hug when we, at the beginning of the visit and we hug at the end of the visit. We'll all be piled around, but everybody's just separated. Mm-hmm. There's no like just all this. Yeah. And I, inside of me, that's how I am. I am so snuggling and cuddly and just want to be all up in your armpits and just smell you and hug you and let you just love on me. We've just never been that. Mm-hmm. So even now, like, I think the the grandkids are wanting to be more affectionate with each other. So we, like, make sure we hug and do mm-hmm. those things. But yeah. your family just had it so natural, this this uh, natural affection that I just always admired so much that I never saw in mine on either side. Outwardly affectionate. Outward Outwardly affectionate. affectionate. That, that shit was fake, too, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shit was fake, too. But what people saw... <laughs> Was that so? I get right. what you mean. And we have a closeness, so I don't want it to seem like there's not this level of closeness, but it's a lot of surfaceness. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of family members that I, I know don't know me, and I know I don't know them. I don't mm-hmm. really know what your life is like. I don't really know who you are. I know the parts you show us, but you just show us that family blanketed parts of you. Let me ask you something. Is the close? You say you guys are close or whatnot. Is the closeness just only related, really, to the fact that you guys know each other your whole life, and so you know everything about each other? Well, I think the close. Yeah, I think the closeness comes from familiarity. Yeah, that's it. But it's um, not like you just said you don't really know a lot of about the person. No, you you guys get together and y'all know history. Y'all know all the, the memories. Nostalgia. Yeah, so you could talk and about the that. commonalities. Mm-hmm. There's like. You know, the stuff I was saying for you, like if we can go to my grandma's house and just sit in the living room and point to probably 10 things that would make us all bust out laughing. Mm-hmm. We could just point and I'll have a story like, ah, those kind of things are mm-hmm. what I think is necessary for people right. or family. And we have those. Mm-hmm. But from, I would say, past uh, any adulthood, I don't really know them people. Yeah. And I know they don't know me. I know they think they know. I think they have an idea of what they think they know. Mm-hmm. But it's because I know how much they don't know me is how much I know I don't know them. I'm not going to extend myself like I was because I felt like I was chasing it. Mm-hmm. Like I had always chased it. And I'm, I just, I don't, I'm not doing that no more. I feel you. Like it's, it was rah, rah, rah. Everybody was all around. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so great. And we had what? One family member invite us to dinner to celebrate our, our union, which was super sweet. And we loved it. Her house is amazing. And she of course, treated us like family. kings and queens yeah. and family. Yeah, uh, and I would say the two of them because they always do their little things together. Yeah. So I, I mean, we've had one set of family that invited us, but if you, and I'm not saying you had to. That's not why I'm saying that at all. No, you're saying that because they said we should do this, <laughs> and it or, never came into fruition. Or when we, when he came home, it was all like, yeah, I can't wait to get to know him and meet you guys and all this stuff. But like, okay, well, we've been here. That's like we've been here this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and we real. got the same energy, so it's like, eh. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. They just move on. It is what it is. Like. <laughs> It's that that family dynamic is is uh, very constant, especially within the black community. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about where there's a lot of fronting going on. Yeah. I, don't get it twisted. There's some tight knit black families out there doing well for each oh, other. I'm I talking about. Them, yeah. My heart just like. Oh, yes. Can I just interject? Don't forget what no, you're going to say. Ahead. It was you were talking about tight knit black families. Every time I see. Um, the tight knit black family, but anytime I see the father that is a dealing that has a relationship with his grown children, mm-hmm. oh, 
that it just tears my heart. Like not in a bad way where I'm like, oh, I want my dad. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more just like, damn, that's what that's supposed to be like. You're supposed to be friends with your parents now. Like y'all supposed to be kicking it and yeah. really just sharing with each other and helping each other grow because now, you know, I can contribute to your life in a real way mm-hmm. and vice versa where we could really just do this. Right. And then it's like, I'll see par- pe- some of my friends or just people I know and they'll hang out with, they'll be hanging out with their parents. Like they'll choose to go and do events or activities with their parents. And I always thought that it was kind of weird. Like, what are you doing hanging out with your parents all the time? But when you have healthy relationships with your parents and your parents are cool, when you have like really dope parents and they're parents that are like wanting to see you be better and you guys can just have fun together. Mm-hmm. I really have some envy about that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have anybody in my family as a as a example of that either. Yeah. I have yeah, I think people are close and they have their own little family units, but there's not there's not the level that I've always sought for myself. I haven't found that. No. But I whenever I see it, like they'll have these TikTok videos of the dad that takes the time to learn the little dance with the daughter and they do like their dad their daddy daughter dance, but he does like a they actually do a choreography or like the dad that's just so excited to see his grandkids and him and the daughter are close because of the grandkids and they spend time together and just meet the dad at, at work and bring the grandchild and bring them lunch and like like they really incorporate their fam their parents in their lives as adults. Mm-hmm. I think that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not just because they need a babysitter. No. Like they are let's plan. We like the couples that the family we saw that went to the game, they were all sitting in front of us. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I bet you dad, the dad, the grandpa was like, I want to take all my kids and my grandkids to the game, whether he bought all the tickets or not. But everybody was there dressed up, just yeah. having a family event. Yeah. For sure. I, I think that would be so much fun. Yeah. Well, I would love to have that. It ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening. But it I get. Happen. Now I know what you're talking about, though. It's. It, it, well, I you, think that I've been praying for adopted parents, not necessarily the adopted parents. Just like I want an older brother and sister, like mentors, mm. that I can just be like, "Hey, how do we do this?" Or "Hey, how's that go?" Because it's like my big age. I still be having questions that it'd be like, "I could use a parent right now." Yeah. 100%. But I haven't had one in so long. I don't even know where the benefits, all the benefits could be. Well, you know, the, the sad thing that I see all the time is that you have families where, you know, mom and dad, when they feel like they get you to 18 years old, they did their job. Mm-hmm. And, and in respect to those that do feel that way, I'm not saying that's right or wrong because I ain't never been a parent. So I can't say that. But my feeling on that issue is. Is that you need your parents more when you're grown than you do when you're kids. Now, when you're kids, you can't defend for yourself. And there's a lot of things that you have to be kind of sheltered as far as, you know, being protected from the world. Mm-hmm. But when you get to be an adult and you're a young adult out here and you're about to go into this world, you need guidance. Mm-hmm. And that gu- and so you don't step in certain potholes because now the consequences of stepping in them potholes is a lot bigger. Yeah. Once you're an adult. Yeah. And so when the the parents that have the mentality that oh you're 18 I I did my job you go ahead and go I think that's doing the kids a huge disservice because they need parents once they're grown mm-hmm. to show them how to navigate through this world in the workforce um how to pick friends when you're grown mm-hmm. because because Picking the wrong friends, grown, picking the wrong friends as a teen is two totally different dynamics, right? Yeah. So now you're grown and you're picking the wrong friends and you need a you need a father or a mother to say from their experience, like, this is how you pick friends, people who are going to 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 love on you and, and going to help guide you and tell you the truth. Yeah, but at the same time, I saw my mom with a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. We know she's no longer here. Mm-hmm. That man, I had never seen him with no friend. <laughs> so how would he be able to teach me that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's I think that's part of why I don't have the bitterness anymore is because I I explain it to you when pe- when you and I don't want to say this is like a uh, me coming for someone or trying to talk down but if you know that someone has limited capacity mm-hmm. and let's say that they have a second grade reading level you're not about to hand them no Harry Potter book because you know that's not what they can do. Point I always make. So I'm not I'm not mad at any of them. I, I still can have the hurt because sometimes it's just like, damn, I to, y'all just yeah, left me out here. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not bitter because I realize what their, le- their level is. 
I've realized what my dad's capacity is. Mm-hmm. I've been on that. And I'm I'm okay with him doing what he's doing. Like, I feel like that's the best for him to do. Mm-hmm. And while it seems like everybody wants, or especially sp- specifically him, he wants the... the um, he wants acknowledgement for all the things he contributed well in my life. But you also have to take acknowledgement for the stuff you didn't contribute well to. And mm-hmm. that you actually um, intentionally tried to hinder. Yeah. And when you can't do that or acknowledge any of your part and how you've tried to intentionally hinder your kids in a, a negative way, that shows me your capacity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a conversation and try to make you understand because you've shown that this is where you're willing to understand. If mm-hmm. if if not anything else, I'm gonna let you have that, sir. Yeah, I'm just let you have that. It's okay. Well, like you were saying earlier, you said um, he told you guys that you know he, you know he's not mourning anymore and he's moved on. And I, I honestly, anybody, man, male or female, in that situation, that's your right mm-hmm. to do that. But it's the way he did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And. And that's part of what I was saying about, you know, when parents say you're 18, your brother and sister wasn't even grown yet. You know what I'm saying? And you were just in college. But there's a difference between discarding your kids and that's how they enter the world versus you getting them a gentle shove and encouragement to get into the world. Right. That's how you should have did it. Right. If he was done and he really wanted to move on and he really had, he still had an obligation to gently push you guys and guide you into the world and say, go ahead, don't be no, afraid. He, he but he was just like. He dropped that obligation off on everybody else. Yeah. And it was only unless it benefited him that we were a necessity. And normally that was just a control mm-hmm. thing. And, and my sister was the pawn for that. But, you know, when um, when someone dies, I will say this, and hopefully I don't cry about this. But when someone dies, um, it really lets you see everybody you're around. It takes off every mask that was ever there because people show you who they really are. And I remember the focus always being so much on my dad and his horrible behavior because Mm -hmm. it was so horrible that, yeah, that was what everybody was focusing on. But there were so many other family members and their behavior was atrocious to me specifically or just the situation. And that is when I really started to see that was the beginning of like, Creed is all I have. That is the only thing I have for one that's not changing. But then two, who has not one time made me feel like I was not the priority. You're the only one. And the same people who were telling me, you shouldn't be doing that, or he's probably just going to use you, or this is not smart decision, and you need to be living your life and doing all these things. <clears throat> they're, they're the ones telling me that I should be doing all of this when they're showing me, you're, you're not even showing me how I should be treated. You're mm-hmm. saying I should have a better for me, but y'all aren't doing better for me. So if this right now is what is giving me th- what I'm not getting from you at all, why would I... Why would you not even, I don't know what I, I guess I don't know. It's just like, no, I don't, yeah. you're not right here. It's a contradiction. It's a huge contradiction. A contradiction that you lived in because once your mom passed and your pops did what he did, you spent a lot of time around those people. And I don't want to just disreg- like breeze over my dad doing what he did. When I tell you it was years of this man acting a full ass donkey and doing everything he could to bring down his own kids who did nothing to him, <laughs> did nothing to him, but lose their mother. So I get why all the attention was on him. Cause he's done some despicable things that still are despicable. Just to think about him or like, dude, why would anybody who's a human do that? Mm-hmm. But I really believe that because he was so loud, it was, it, it, um, quieted all of the other, uh, mistreatment. Just a lot of mistreatment mm-hmm. that was coming from adults. Yeah. yeah and did. yeah, I just, it really, it really showed me like your mom would have completely been there to fight for you. And the only other person that would do that is now locked up behind bars. And you are out here doing your thing and you have to keep doing it and you have to keep pushing. And I have to say, I do think that they are part of why I kept pushing. So I I don't want to make it seem like they didn't contribute anything good. Mm -hmm. I do know that a lot of why I'm the way I am is because of them. But it also was a lot of because of it was despite them. 
it wasn't because of them. It mm-hmm. was despite what they were doing to me that I became what I am. 100%. 100%. So, I don't know. This episode or this topic was um, not one I was avoiding. It's just one that I don't think is going to make everybody feel that great about. And mm-hmm. I don't, But I don't want it to feel like something that I'm harboring or that I'm holding, holding on to. But that was a real part of this journey. Mm-hmm. And I played a real role. And how I was able to do the journey. And I don't now feel like because you might feel uncomfortable or feel, or even me, myself, that doesn't mean that that part is, needs to be not shared. Because mm-hmm. people are, not just because people are asking me, but because it's like, wait, how did you do this all by yourself? Or did you do it all by yourself? Or who else do we need to say, good job for holding her up, you know? Yeah. And as much as I wish that they had have been there for me in a different way, I can't say now exactly what it would have looked like, but I have a whole bunch of like ideas on what that would have looked like. And I know now what if when I have family that needs me, how I want to show up for them. Yeah. yeah. And, and also it's just part of growing up too. So I don't blame them. Right. I just. You're just sharing. I'm just sharing my experience. Yeah. 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 I get that. I hope the world gets that too. Yeah. Yeah. They're good people. I feel like we have we have good bones. Um but we're very different than what we were when we were growing up. And we're very different than the image that we that I had of us as we were growing as we were, we were growing up. And I just kinda had to come to grips with that and understand like, yeah, those are we are those people, <clears throat> but we are not those people. Yeah. And that's okay. Everybody's just grown up and we we deal with each other how we deal with each other. Yeah. And I really am trying to put energy in people that want to put energy in me. And the ones that are okay with discarding me, I appreciate you telling me because I don't have to put any of my time or energy in that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can move on and not have any guilt. Mm-hmm. And that is what I'm operating in is guilt-free happiness and guilt-free joy and guilt-free me being me and like you like it you love it or you just leave me the f alone <laughs> like we was talking about the other day as far as that discardment thing you know like it's yeah understand that when you when you when you gods right and you moving away he wants you to move and you're including him he's in your life and you he's involved in your thought process he's, he's involved in your spirit he's involved in your growth in your soul what may feel like discardment is actually him making or allowing the person to do these actions so that that person is pushed away from you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you're like, damn, God, why did that happen? And God is just like, I'm telling you, like, I allow that to happen so this person gets away from you. You, once, like we were talking earlier, didn't have to do a damn thing. I did. Y'all, I when I tell you, like, he's so right about that because there was a situation that I had been praying about for a while. And it was one that I was just feeling like bonded to. Like, I don't feel joy here. I don't, I just, I didn't feel good about it, but it was like, how do you not, how do you break this up? How mm-hmm. do you walk away from this and not just be the asshole? Mm-hmm. And I, I had been praying like, God, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this person. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also one of those things that like you just kind of go you can go with the flow as long as you go with the flow and i but i didn't want to be going with the flow anymore mm-hmm. and when he is ready to remove somebody like you don't have to do anything yeah you don't have they will do all the work for you and i think that originally it was a shock because it was like wait a minute you're walking away from me yeah, right, right. but then it was like oh wait a minute i literally you're I walking literally, away from me that's what's happening <laughs> yeah that's what's and I literally asked for that and then here we go mm-hmm. so it's 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 so weird because while there's hurt it's so much like I am so glad when people really show you how they feel about you mm-hmm. so then you don't have to work in this level of like limbo or in my people pleasing fashion of just being around you because it was what you do mm-hmm. or because you're related mm-hmm. when you don't feel like you want that or you don't feel good from that relationship or that union you're not feeling like it's filling you up Mm -hmm. you don't feel the trust that you've wanted to feel but you felt an obligation because maybe you weren't the best family member at one point and you 
for me specifically, and this is me talking, I was not the best family member at some times in my life to certain people. And when I realized that, it was almost like I felt obligated to really show like I am, I atone for that. But also I am trying to be better and want to be better. But I only want to do that with people who want to do it with me. And if that's not the case, I just, I'm glad that I am grateful and thankful and appreciative. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it should work now. Just yeah. tell me you don't like me and but then we can move on. That's like, but those actions are indicative <laughs> of everything that you said, right? Um, the, the way that you were discarded by the older members of your family mm-hmm. when you were younger. That that same thing happened here. That With the younger that, members, I'm saying discardment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so then, when that person decides or thinks they decides that they don't want to be around you anymore, that's the same way it happened, like 2008. It is, which was like, and so the only thing that changed is your perspective. Mm-hmm. They never changed anything. They've been doing the same thing. Exactly. They follow the same culture that's in this bloodline. The only thing that changes is the way you look at it because you were too young. And too tight knit with the family to see it and appreciate for what it was and do something about it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm cool on y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just I think that he's done that with a, quite a few people uh, that just he's removed from my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I don't want it to s- sound like I'm saying I'm I'm so grateful as like, I'm just so glad that they're just out of my life. Mm-hmm. It's not that that I'm saying I'm grateful about. I am so grateful for the release, for the um, the opportunity to not feel obligated or the opportunity to not feel like I owe or that I have to keep trying. Or that weight. Or the weight. Or to keep trying when um, I don't feel like it's suiting me. But because I wasn't necessarily always the best, I felt like... I had to do that or because there were gestures that were given that were indicative of someone that really cares or Mm -hmm. that gave a damn. But even then, it was hard for me to trust the intention because I saw the action that led to it or led up to it. Mm -hmm. But then when you you try to just ignore that part and even you are just like, you don't have to do this. (laughs) You do not have to open this door. But I felt like I had to do that for me. And... It, I opened it and there was moments where it was like, okay, this feels good and comfortable. But there were so many moments where I was like, no, this is warnings all over. All the red flags are here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this that that people pleaser in me that just keeps on pushing or keeps on going through. And I, I didn't know how to not do it. And so I gave it to God and he not did it for me. Yeah, <laughs> he not did it for you. Huh? He not did it for me. And what I will say is that what happened after like it's made room for more people to come in and more opportunity to come in and Mm -hmm. it was almost like it was just like let me move this out of the way so you have space Mm -hmm. so you have the energy so you have the love so you have the inspiration the motivation the want and desire to have these people in your life Mm -hmm. and i i just that's what i'm grateful for it's not like i'm saying i'm grateful that they're out of my life it's not that at all like i will I think that's always going to be a thing where it's like nobody wants someone to say that you're not good for me or I don't want you in my life. But it, it I can say that, too. Mm-hmm. So whatever it worked for me, I'm hoping I think that it did the same for that person. And I, that's what I think why God's so cool is because we both not, might need to be removed and we got what we needed mm-hmm. and now we can do what we need to do and it just be that and not be like a ah, or I don't want to be around or. I don't have to do that. I can just be like, okay, this is what it is now. Yeah. See you later. (laughs) But also you have to remember that you have all that blood in you, right? And you grew up in that. So it was was highly probable that you were going to treat people the exact same way, that Mm -hmm. you were going to think the same way, act the same way they did. So what ends up happening is you get to see it, you get to experience it, and then you learn from it. You realize it's not what you want. Mm-hmm. God removes a person. So going forward, people that come in your life, you treat differently. Mm-hmm. And that blood, that bloodline doesn't matter anymore because yeah. you don't do that. You, that culture doesn't matter anymore because you don't do that. You've seen what it's like and you just decided, I don't want that. I don't mm-hmm. fuck if that's my family or not. Mm-hmm. I don't care if fuck if these are my people or not. I'm not acting like them. Yeah, I think 
I think that with, uh, I think the only part that sometimes I think sucks with, with family is when, you know, for me, with all of the relationships that I'm trying to build, I'm really trying to be transparent and like, I'm not perfect. The whole reason that I want to be friends or us to hold each other is because I'm not perfect. And I want us to be able to have those conversations and say, like, I don't like that you did that to me or I don't like how this made me feel. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me. And when I decided to open the door, that was the conversation that was had. And I really took that to heart where I thought that I could say, I don't like this. This doesn't make me feel good. And that now it would be received and just heard. Mm -hmm. It don't even have to be that you agree, but just heard. Yeah. And same person, same discardment, same breach of contract, basically. Mm -hmm. And it went, it, 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 uh, what? I don't even know the words. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. You know, when someone's already shown you and you knew what they were about, and why, why are you trying to see something different in somebody? Mm -hmm. And I said, like, please take it away. I don't know how. And he did. And yeah. I just have to really now learn how to, understand why it's okay for people to be removed mm -hmm. yeah i mean honestly you had to see you it, the the family dynamic is different than the friend dynamic and when the family dynamic happens and you you see it you accept it you come to terms with it and you're at peace with it and now going forward in life it's not going to be hard to do that mm -hmm. it's not going to be hard to see it in people it's not going to be hard to let the people go out of your life because you did it with somebody that you grew up with mm -hmm. and were very tight with, spent a lot of time in your adulthood together, and you're able to release that person. And with, so, with love, respect. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. And, and good, nothing, and good, and good, good intentions, good wishes, good, yes. well wishes. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, all. Let's make sure we reiterate that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All, uh, well wishes to everybody. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, you just don't deserve to be here. Exactly. That's fine. There's <laughs> a lot of people don't deserve to be here, but for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best to you. So what about your crew? <laughs> um my crew's a little bit different, you know what I'm saying? So um I grew up I mean, yeah, I grew up with a different type of family. My family's from the block. They from the street. Y'all, thank you so much for watching. This is a long video, a little bit longer than we expected. So we wanted to cut this right here to give you guys an opportunity to take a break, go do something else, and come back next week to get part two. Part two will dive into Pookie's family and their support while he was locked up. So until next time, y'all, thank you so much for being here. Please come back. Make sure you su subscribe, like, and share this out. But make sure you also stay black, stay beautiful, and blessed. And we will see you next time. Y'all, talk to you later. Bye.